This is the Craft Equity Collective. Today's episode is hosted by Cassandra, Bia, and Ash. Warning, today we may discuss uncomfortable truths within the craft industry that may include harassment, violence, discrimination, and retaliation. Today's guest is Ren Navarro, owner-operator of Beer Diversity, featured in over 60 publications, including print and recorded media, plus countless conferences and speaking engagements. Ren the Exhausted is here to educate, enlighten, and engage. Since launching Beer Diversity in 2018, Ren has become a known name at breweries, wineries, distilleries, and beyond. She has given talks on diversity and inclusion at several colleges and countless festivals, panels, radio shows, and podcasts throughout North America. She is an educator and consultant. Taking steps, wanting change, having the desire and the tools to put in the work to be an agent of change. That is what beer diversity is about. Together we can do better. Together we can be better. Excellent. So, Ren, um, thank you for joining us this morning. I want to ask, or this afternoon, I guess, what uh, what are you sipping on right now? Uh, I have a porter because it's slightly chilly out and it's a, it's a rainy, rainy evening in Canada land. That's a, we, we're, we're all very jealous. Of- <laughs> <laughs> as hot, as hot yeah, in Sacramento. What is, tell me what that, what is that like? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. Um, Cass, what do you, you have in your hands? Today, I am drinking Brow from uh, Crooked Lane, which is in Auburn, California. This is a Kolsch-style beer, and it's absolutely fantastic. If you haven't been out to Crooked Lane, I highly suggest you get out there and try their stuff. I go, I'm actually drinking the same thing, and I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I am sipping on Nothing is Certain by Urban Roots, and it's a black lager, and it is also fantastic. Basically what I get every time I go there. Love it. Excellent. Cheers. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, Ren, to kick things off, um, how did you get involved in craft beer? Uh, we love to hear those baby steps, you know, those moments of wow and what got you into this. Um, I think I fell into it. You know, I always I always joke that my my background is corporate and uh, it's finance, which which is so weird to say that my background is financial. But um, you know, I'm I'm, a, uh, I'm Eng- <laughs> you know like I'm an English major who was a general math student, and somehow I worked in finance for like almost twenty years. Wow. Um, wow. But I always joke that it, it you know it kind of led you to drink. <laughs> so, it, I can see that. You know, like adulting is hard. Indeed. So, Indeed. <laughs> right. So I think that you know, I would, I would, I lived in Toronto. So for those of you who know, I mean, Toronto considers itself the, the center of the universe, but it's in Ontario, in Canada, and the beer scene is really great. But at the time, I didn't know that. So I would go to you know a couple different bars here and there and have kind of basic drinks. And kind of came across a bar that was doing a beer 101. And it was different breweries, you know, different craft breweries from, from across Ontario. Our province is massive. So it meant that in a really short period of time, I got kind of this, this like crash course of what kind of beer was available. And, you know, it's craft beer. So they're making these different flavors. And for me, right. it's, you know, Right. Like beer, beer is a black woman. If you know about beer, you know about it in terms of you drink beer because it's hot. You don't drink it because <laughs> there's, you know, there's, there's like, you know, touches of mango or human <laughs> passion fruit. Like you, you drink it because it's hot and mm-hmm. water doesn't do the job after a few hours. Right. And sure. so and bubbles I, nice. I had my eyes open, right? Like, <laughs> you know, so I had, I had my eyes open to this stuff and, and got really fascinated by it. But, you know, my my journey into craft beer didn't happen until into my 30s. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you know, I talked to all my white friends and they're like, yeah, I was in beer when I was like 18. <laughs> it was like, cool. Sort of when I was 12, I bro. No. <laughs> yeah, right? They're like, oh, man, I was like six. Uh, <laughs> but, but you realize very quickly, you know, that I'm, I'm kind of like late coming to it. But I'm just, I'm fascinated by ingredients. I'm fascinated by different flavor profiles. And so I really got hooked. And I mean, that was only, 
like 14 years ago, mm-hmm. which is, is nothing. You know, I mean, I have, I have friends who are, are substantially younger than me and they've been in beer for more than 14 years. Right. So, yeah, I think it was, it was definitely like a later in life coming to, to craft and then kind of just falling in love with it. I think you touched like on something important there too, because I think when you come from an outside career field, trying to get into beer seems kind of like a foreign thing. It's like something you kind of, kind of have to fall into and figure out how to get into as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. yeah, And I think that, you know, that, that foreign piece that you talk about, it's, you're also afraid to ask questions. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I, I got, oh, I got yeah. really lucky because people were like, I want you to ask questions and I want to talk about these things. And when you say that it was, you know, 14 years ago, which seems like a long time, but I mean, in a way you, you came in like right at its infancy before it really, there was this, or maybe I should say the second wave or third yeah. wave, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, there's yeah. been so much change in the last, well, 14 years, like, holy shit, everything's changed. Every- <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, the, the Canadian, the Canadian beer scene has probably only had its major change in the last 10 years. Oh, okay. That's awesome. I actually haven't, to be honest, I haven't really thought about the Canadian beer scene. Like being in California, you know, it's pretty saturated with mm-hmm. craft beer, which is really great because it gives you a lot of exposure, um, a lot of like information. You start to learn the scene and everything like that. But it's hard to imagine any other any other kind of market or scene outside of, of California specifically, much less the U.S., you know. Um, so do you want to elaborate a little bit? Like, what is, what does that look like nowadays? You know, now that you've been in the industry for this amount of time. Yeah. I think that when I started, it was probably, you know, Ontario probably had like a hundred breweries. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, it's, we talk about like landmass Canada is just a massive track of land. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have fewer folks per capita versus right. a lot of the States. Yeah. And so, you know, like 10, 10, 12 years ago, it was 100 breweries. We're probably up to about 450 now, which wow, is, is a drop huge. in the bucket compared to a <laughs> yeah. lot of the states. But, like, we had a boom, and we're still having a boom. That's awesome. And so, you know, Canada-wide, there's probably 14 or 1,500 breweries. Whereas, again, when I was kind of coming up into these things, it was, it was under 1,000 breweries. Yeah. And, you know, and, and like substantially under a thousand breweries. So I think that, you know, when, when we talked about craft beer, you know, kind of as I was learning stuff back then, a lot of us were looking to Vancouver because Vancouver mm-hmm. is, you know, next to Seattle. So they were kind of getting what was happening in Seattle and being influenced by it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it was kind of this, this trickle down effect of beer where it was like, if you bordered an American state, you knew what was happening before everyone else. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so the stuff that we got really excited about, you were like, yeah, we did that like eight months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you catch up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there, there are moments where, you know, I was, I was talking to someone about um, a couple breweries were doing the like um, gelatin slime style beers. I was like, the States did that like a year ago and everyone hated it. So, yeah. you know, I was just like, why would yeah, we do that? We got to try it too. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. Like, but why, it's why Canadian. Are you doing this? Did you everyone say slime, yeah, so. slime style? <laughs> slime style. Slime style. Ooh, I have not, I have not encountered mm. this, at least not deliberately. Not on <laughs> yeah, yeah I think there were, there were only a couple breweries in, in the States that did it. Uh, I mean, it sounds disgusting and it kind of was. So, uh-huh. you know, so a lot of the stuff that we've been playing with, I think now there's, there's a, a resurgence of, of old classic styles. But back then we were very like, what is America doing? <laughs> some of my Canadian friends will be like, that's a valid question. Well, you know, always. We were like, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, just always. What is doing I'm sure you're constantly asking, what is America doing down there? <laughs> In terms of fear, we were asking too, but um, I think that it's, you know, knowing, knowing that there were all of these things happening, mm-hmm. um, there was kind of this, can we catch up? Can we try it? Can we do it? And so there really was a period of time where it was, 
you know, how exciting is it if you do a clone of Anchor Steam? Mm-hmm. How cool is it if you do a clone of like Brooklyn Brewing? And and so I think that there really was a period of time, early days, where we were still kind of figuring it out. And like West Coast IPAs, which to this day is still one of my favorites, but like West Coast IPAs were like the big thing to do. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, you know, it's Vancouver, so that's Seattle. And, and so <laughs> there's, we just, we didn't really think on our own for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we're now, we're now definitely like, I mean, it's been years where, you know, Canada's doing okay when it comes to beer. Um, but I think that there was a period of time where we were heavily influenced by the American beer market. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. What, um, for you personally, like what, where, did, what did that transition look like from, um, you know, beginning to explore, explore craft beer and then, you know, it's kind of taking its own form in your country and then leading you to creating beer diversity. Like what did that trajectory kind of look like for you? Um, you know, again, I, I was at that point kind of desperate to get out of office work and I was going to go back to school and, uh, and work on my master's for whatever reason. <laughs> more more drinking, more beer. To, I know, right? I was <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, drinking like, more. you know, debt is great. Abject poverty is sexy. Uh, <laughs> like, listen, do it. It's very I mean, American. Come, I do my master's in English. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, my God. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You know, and so, of course, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to school. And I had graduated, like, forever before. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. And, of course, I get there. And I'm like, why is it so expensive? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like, well, I need a part-time job. And Mm so a brewery I had really liked at that point, um, which is Great Lakes Brewery, which is in Etobicoke, not to be confused with Great Lakes Brewery that's in the States. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and the and the two breweries opened, I think, within six months of each other. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of confusion. I worked in the, the okay. retail store at Great Lakes for a year, and Americans would come in on the weekend and be like, "What? Great Lakes Brewery has a satellite store?" And then I have to be like, "No, no. Funny story. <laughs> really different, <but> that's cool." <laughs> we also have access to the Great Lakes. Weird, I know. Uh, <laughs> It's called the same thing on the other side. <laughs> right. So, so that was my first job, which was working in retail and kind of like getting the ins and outs of beer and, and getting certifications. Um, just partially because I realized that people would take me more seriously if I mm. had a piece of paper that said I knew beer, which I mean, you know, like it's, it's this, being a woman in beer, no one just trusts you for knowing. You have to like show a piece of paper that I wrote a test. Look, I'm smart. Right. Trust um, me. So I, yeah, right. Trust <laughs> me. Trust me. I know what a hot I is. know what I'm doing. I know uh, what hot are. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Green is my favorite color, so of course I know hot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I did. So I did that, and then I was like, beer is great, but it doesn't really pay the bills. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to an office job and got back into an office job for a minute and was like, ooh, mistakes have been made. Right. <laughs> and a friend of mine sent me a, a job posting for a sales rep position. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I don't think I have enough experience, but I got to get out and I'm going to go for it. And I think that that moment of I don't have enough experience, but I'm desperate to get out of my job was probably mm-hmm. the best moment mm-hmm. um if i wasn't desperate to get out of my job i don't know if i would be in beer right. the, the you know it's one of those things where it's like you read a job posting and if you are not a white man no diss on white guys but if you're not a white guy and you're reading a job posting that asks for four years of beer experience well i only had one and one year and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I had 20 years of customer service working in call centers and working mm-hmm. in like front facing jobs. Like, of course, I have experience. I can talk to you about anything. I can sell yeah. you things. I can like explain stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way it was written, I was like, I don't know. But I just like, I hate my job. And I'm going to just, I'm going to quit it. And I'm not going to have anywhere to go. So like, right. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to dive in. And so, yeah, you know, so it was just like this moment of, I got to get out. 
mm-hmm. and I got the job. I mean, I, I knew I knew the people running the brewery from like events and stuff. So again, it's just this weird. You read what's on paper, and again, if you're not a white guy, mm-hmm. and if you are a visible minority, you're really like, I gotta make sure I have all of this that you want, right? And. You know, and and I had a conversation with them where it was like, yeah, of course we're going to hire you. <laughs> you're doing your job. <laughs> like, dummy. You know, you're just like, oh, right, <laughs> that. So so that started me in, in beer sales. And I did, you know, I kind of bounced around. I don't think many sales reps stay in the same spot for long. Mm-hmm. And ended up working at a, a whole group of different breweries and getting experience through different things. And, and finally, I was like, you know, I don't... I don't think I want to do this anymore. But during that time I had been doing guest talks and spots. So like, you know, the podcast stuff starts showing up Mm -hmm. and um, I was part of a a beer group. So we were talking about the events that we were doing. And so I was doing, you know, media for that. So I was starting to kind of get forward to talking about events and stuff. And whoever was interviewing me would always be like, so what's it like being a black woman in a predominantly white industry? Question every and I was like, time. I don't know. Every I hadn't really thought about it. Thank you for immediately tokenizing me. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, but also it just, it was that moment of like, wait, you're asking me because I'm the only one you see. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of started this whole moment of like, wait a minute, why am I the only one that you see? Because mm-hmm. when I go drinking with my friends, like we're the United Nations of friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and when I sold beer, though, I was the only rep mm-hmm. who looked like me. So I really started thinking about it. But I also was like, yo, I'm getting old and I'm tired. And like <laughs> carrying kegs is just, it, it blows. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> and so I, I quit my job to go and, and be a postal carrier. Oh, wow. And Dun, dun, yeah, dun. like I was like, forget it. I want to get, I want to get like a hundred thousand steps a day and listen to every single podcast ever recorded. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> gonna be my job, and I'm gonna get to pet some dogs. Yeah, puppies for sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, just before I could sign off on it, a friend of mine called and said, "I need you to talk to this woman. You guys have a lot in common. It'll be great." And she's a black woman running an urban farm. Mm, in mm-hmm, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so we had, a, we had a conversation and she was like, why are we talking to each other? I don't know anything about beer. And I was like, cool. I don't know anything about farms. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's like, you know, and I know the bumper sticker that I should thank a farmer every day for my food, but uh-huh. that's about it. <laughs> and, and so, so as we talked though, we realized that we were living kind of parallel lives mm-hmm. that, you know, the, the urban garden was run mm-hmm. by people of color, which is a rarity. Uh, you know, they weren't, they weren't migrant workers. They were the people in charge. Mm-hmm. They were bringing in at-risk youth and seniors and like all of these things that people just don't think of us doing. Right. And so she said, well, why don't we bring you in to do a talk and we'll let you, you know, kind of pick what you want to do. And I said, well, I want to talk about the diversity of, of being me mm-hmm. in alcohol mm-hmm. and so you know and, and again just kind of throwing it out there being like i'm gonna go start being a postal worker in like two weeks like and um and so there ended up being 150 people to this first Damn! talk that's amazing yeah but but i'm so like i was like they're all my friends <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it turned out like 10 of them were my friends uh-huh. and the rest oh, of them awesome. were just strangers who were like oh shit it's a black woman talking they're about alcohol you want to hear yeah. this mm-hmm. wow and and it just it you know and and part of this was like i had to come up with a company name and i had to come up with things because they were like we can't just have you talking like you have to sound like you're legit and I'm lucky enough to have really talented friends. So, like, you know, I had someone do my photos of my my high school friend did my logo. Uh, you know, it. I I hopped That's on awesome. and yeah, like and right and just like everything came together very quickly. But I was like, it's going to be a side project company um, because I'm going to go do this thing. And after this talk, people came up and were like, "How do I hire you?" Wow! And I was wow. like, oh, maybe, maybe I don't want to carry the mail. Maybe I got <laughs> got something here. 
What about the puppies? Yes, there's dogs in beer. There are so many. Actually, I would argue there's more dogs in beer than there is. Yeah, you can bring your dog to the bar. Well, now there are. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, now there are. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so like I, you know, I said no thank you to the the postal job and and said I'm going to do this, but I'm going to get a part time job in a tap room. I'm just going to work like you know, as a beer tender and it'll be fine. And then I can kind of do this on the side. Mm -hmm. Um, And within three months I had to quit my beer tender job because so many people were like, we need you. And so, yeah. So it's just, it's really funny because I think the way things run now, people think I sat down and like created a business plan and like a real model. (laughs) And like, honestly, it was an oh shit moment where I was Uh like, I need to create a company. (laughs) (laughs) Right. This is the thing. So I better do that thing right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's literally what it was. And, and I think that if I had planned it, I don't think it would look the way it looks. Right. So So everything kind of developed organically. Yeah. You showed up and, and then all of a sudden, you know, here it is provided you with this new business plan that you had no idea you even had (laughs) that was needed. You knew the need was there, but, but that you could get paid for it. I also don't recommend that people do it. It's probably the most stressful way to start a business. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my targets are. Like, you know, and and pricing of of things was really Mm -hmm. hard Mm -hmm. because it was, it was just, it was so tricky. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, like, I didn't have, I didn't have Canadian mentors. All my mentors Mm -hmm. were in the States. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, who are, who are now crown and hops, but they were dope and dank when they started, mm-hmm. um, Theo and Benny weren't doing the beer thing in the way that they're doing it now. Like they're right. brewing now, but right. back then it was very like black people, black and brown people love beer. Yes. And so we they were helping me out with stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, so, I mean, look at how much they've grown. Right. But so back in the day when they were very grassroots, um, they were helping me out with stuff. Dr. J. Jackson Beckham, mm-hmm. who is like, right? Like, she's like a sister to me. Honestly, we just we just talked like a week ago. Um, but I but I reached out and was like, hey, can I talk to you? Because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and to this day, there's no one in Canada doing the same thing that I'm doing mm. specifically for alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's you know, there's there are DEI consulting agencies, mm-hmm. but no one is like. I know the inner workings of beer right. or wine or, 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 you know, distilling. And I think that that was what kind of helped me at, in the time and the place when I launched, mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm forever grateful for, for falling into it. What, um, for, for, for you personally, like, <clears throat> were you aware in that moment when more people than you expected showed up and then people were hungry for what you had to offer? Were you recognizing it in that moment that like, oh yeah, people actually want more diversity in this realm where they just don't, they just don't know it. Or were you just kind of like, I don't know, I'm just going to see where this goes. You know, like, did you realize like the impact it was having while you were in it? Um, I have this really bad habit of kind of like out of body experiences when I talk. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it wasn't, you know, and I had, I had been trolled just like the week before no. and I, and I kind of, I mean, now if I had a dollar, um, <laughs> but it was, I had done an article for, for a local newspaper and it just, it got into the public, into the wrong public. Mm. And so I was pretty fired up because I'd actually like rewritten part of what I was going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so I got, so I was like pretty fired up, but I was really in my head. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even really paying attention to who was in the space. So I don't think I had a moment of like, Oh shit, these people are going to need me and they're going to listen and they're going to turn, you know, they're going to take this back places. Right. I just was like, I don't want to carry this with me. And I want people to understand that mm we're already not in a good place. And, and I think that the, you know, now I realize that the openness and the frankness that like this industry is not okay. And hospitality is not okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I met, I met Ashton Barry, the collectress. Um, I, at fresh fest in like 2019 and I like almost cried meeting her. Oh, wow. um, 
because she's been so open about hospitality's problems. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of me was like, I want to be the person who's open about beer problems. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think when I first started, I wanted to be like, I don't want to come out and be like, Hey everybody, if you work really hard and we sing Kumbaya really loud, <laughs> it's going to be okay. You got to like, hold hands it's though. It's not going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You got to, you got to hold Absolute hands. Much. You got to hold hands like you mean it. Awkward. So awkward. All the introverts just dodge. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, Oh, I got to go to the car. Sorry. I forgot something in my car. Yeah. I think that, but I think that like knowing that the people that I looked up to were always really honest about stuff and I, I am not, you know, I'm not a pessimist. I always say that I'm the like cautious, optimistic kind, Mm -hmm. but I just, I didn't want to be like, come to my talk so I can give you stuff that you can go out and like, we'll fix it. Mm -hmm. I think I was kind of like, listen, you know, I I remember Starting and like coming out with pieces of paper, um, and I knew that this was early days because I don't I don't come out with anything. I might come out with like my phone in my pocket right. and like a pen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I have a pen because I'm at an event and I was like, "Ooh, shiny pen! I'll take it." Love um, this. <laughs> but like, but I remember coming out with these pieces of paper with like my my talk printed out on it, mm-hmm. and the first page had been amended to talk about these trolls. And the only thing I read off of those papers were the quotes from the trolls. And then I was like, right, I'm not using this anymore. And I put it down on the, on the the seat that they'd given me. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to talk to you. Yeah. And, and I feel that having made that as my initial move Mm -hmm. made people realize like, Oh, this isn't one of those things where we can talk about this over and over again in the same kind of story way. Like it'll always change. Like, yeah, the trolls will always be there, but they're always going to say something different to you. Right. And, and I think that, you know, it's, it's not all doom and gloom, but it's also not unicorns and rainbows. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I think that, that reminding people that there is still a sense of privilege um, was probably the smartest thing I did. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, what services is it that you think are most needed right now that you can provide to to your customers? Um, a lot of it. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. It depends on on where you're at in journeys. So, are you being reactive or are you being proactive? Mm. So, you know, reactive stuff is like. We done messed up. We got mm-hmm. called out. How do we deal with this? Mm-hmm. So, so is that? I'm sorry. Let me and, back it up a little bit. So, is that? Uh, would you say the majority of the people who contact you is it because like, oh shit, like we better shit? Call, we better call yeah. Ren, or are they Not proactive? Anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. Early early days, it was a lot of reactive because people were just like, who do I talk to? Mm-hmm. And so you know, and I didn't know what I did was wrong, <laughs> and now I'm in trouble. Um. But I, I think that it's probably shifted now to more proactive. Love that. Uh, I, you know, and I, I, I think that some of it did almost fall under reactive, but like the uproar never happened. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, wow, no one threw a brick through my window. Let's fix this before they figure it out. So I think that, you know, we're especially like 2020, which, mm-hmm. you know, is the year um, that was the year where a lot of places were like, we don't know how to talk to people who don't look like us. We don't yes. know how to, you know, call this a safe space. We don't know how to do these things, like help us figure it out. So I think that there's, you know, luckily enough been a lot of that. Um, now there's a lot of value statements writing because people are always like, I have my company mission and, mm-hmm. and vision. Mm-hmm. And but we don't have values, <laughs> like uh, you know, like, and it's making money. You, because, you, you have to look within. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but there's yeah. Been a, been yeah, a lot of you have to outsource your values. <laughs> like, oh shit, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> I know, but like, think about it. I mean, it wasn't until lockdown that people were like, I don't think about myself. I don't think about my feelings. I don't think, what, yeah, you know, am I a good person? Hundred percent. And 
and and the the person who is drinking beer has changed. Yes, we aren't we aren't the same but as before, where we just kind of go in and be like, "What's your highest ABV?" I don't have the car <laughs> tonight, and I have tomorrow off. Like, yes, you know. So that's I think still that me. There's, there's more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, granted, uh, <laughs> but our, our general guests, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they may still be. there are always there are always exceptions. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that like we started asking more questions and we started saying like, who do you support? Do you mm-hmm. support me? Do you only support me during Black History Month? Ooh. Do you only support me during Women's History Month? Do you only support me during Pride Month? Yep. Mm-hmm. If Absolutely. the answer is yes, then I'm going to go drink somewhere else. Facts. So I think that the breweries were kind of like, okay, like how do we, how do we say that you're welcome here without just being like, yo, you're welcome here. Yeah. And so a lot of that now is we're not defining DEI as much as we used to. Like a, a lot of the early day stuff was like diversity, equity, inclusion, 101. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Uh, now people know it. Right. And the question now is like, how do we move it forward? How do we talk about mm. mental health? We weren't talking about that before. How are we talking yep. about disabilities? We weren't really talking about yep. that before, mm-hmm. you know, visible and invisible. Like everyone is, in the last few years because again we had time so everyone's like realizing that they're autistic or on the spectrum or you know you've got ADHD Mm -hmm. or you've got something like Mm -hmm. and we're all being really open about it Mm -hmm. and so now if you go into a brewery you want to make sure that like you can literally get into the space physically Uh, the music isn't overwhelming right Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. so there's a lot more of, of those conversations happening with with a lot of the work that I offer um you know I'm also doing like social media audits so what does your Instagram look like Uh like yeah I know that how far back how far back yeah but but for some of those folks if there's real weird stuff it's like okay well Let's work on how to acknowledge it if someone had all the time in the world to go that far back. Right. Like, what do you say about it? How do you acknowledge it? Don't delete it. Stop Mm. closing down your comments. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, people are going to say bad things to you, but like, listen, you hurt a group of people. Like, put on your big, big girl and boy pants and like, you know, like, so I think they, right? Yeah. Like, so there's, yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because, we we can't we can't keep being like well beer is for everyone. I mean this you know the the trolls I get. Um, I was lucky enough to get a death threat. Like I don't think that beer was for everyone when when those Mm-mm. folks came after me. So it's like I I think that understanding these audits of like do we understand who you are? Did you tell us who you are? Because people mm-hmm. are now paying attention to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like for your listeners, the question to you is why is your favorite brewery your favorite brewery? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably not because of the beer first and foremost. Mm-mm. Almost never. Almost right? never. Yeah. Like, Almost you, you never. Can get good beer anywhere. They, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can bring, I bring that home. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I can find good beer literally. Anywhere. <laughs> I would drink yeah. mediocre beer. Yeah. The Even environment's okay good. Yeah. yeah. If the environment's mm-hmm. better. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think, and that's and I the think thing. Like, like we all have. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, like I was just gonna say, we all have that place that's like, eh. They're like, yeah, but like, look at look at the atmosphere. Look at how you feel. Look at how they talk to you. It's a vibe. It's you want to come back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, something that came out of COVID. Not that this didn't exist before, but there's a lot more of a uh, like conscientious consumer. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, yeah, like people people like did things out of habit. They would just go to their breweries, go to their restaurants, go to their events, activities, whatever, whatever. And, like, there was a lot more, I I would argue, most, like, thoughtlessness in that or, like, a lower level of intention. Mm -hmm. And then the shutdown happened and then everybody came out of that. And then it was, like, you had to be very particular with what outside activities you did. And I feel like that was very telling for a lot of businesses Mm -hmm. that, like, the people, it's, like, we, you know, kind of all emerged collectively out of this experience. And then it was, like well, I'm going to choose which days and times I go to my very particular places because it still isn't safe. 
a hundred percent. Exactly. And so I think that like a lot of businesses kind of were aware of that. that, Like, you know, it was easy to take advantage or take for granted that like people would just show up. And then now it's Mm -hmm. like, well, now we actually fucking care what what you are, what you're about, what you're putting out there, what your staff looks like, what your environment is like. Do Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable? Do I feel safe? And it started physical, like safety, but then like it makes us think about all of those things. And so now like it's a very different landscape that business owners are having to navigate in the beer industry and service industry as a whole are having to navigate. And that kind of makes them turn look inward a little bit. Absolutely. Like, what are my values? What am I putting out there? What what kind of guests do feel comfortable here, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you know, and the question too of like if you end up you know, if that brewery ends up having, like, some kind of controversy, how did they weather it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my biggest thing is, like, right? like you, everybody makes mistakes. But, yeah, do you pretend it never happened? Do you address it? Are you open and honest? Do you have integrity throughout the situation? Like, how do you handle those things as they arise? And I feel like that's more telling than Absolutely. somebody or a place that's never gone through something. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you know, so I do coaching on that too of like, you know, what, what do you do? How much, how much of an update do you provide? Cause hmm. breweries who are in trouble are either like, I'm not going to say anything. Yep. <laughs> like, please don't look at me <laughs> or I'm going to overshare. And if mm. I overshare, I'm inevitably going to say something that makes you hate me. You can make it worse. <laughs> yeah. And so just double down. On right. That, so it's like, yeah. Like how do we, so how do we find the happy medium? And it's like, what do you update? And like how often? So, you know, so I've, I've done a bunch of that where it's like, you don't have to think about this that much. Like I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. some really simple things to do to start Nice. and, you know, create accountability models. I'm mm. like, don't, don't wait till you have it figured out. Cause that means you're never saying anything ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ren, I'd like to take it. Uh, you had mentioned mental health earlier in the industry. And uh, one thing that I've really uh, enjoyed and learned from interacting with you is you, you set boundaries, right? Like from the get go, when when we when we ask for your attention on your website, you know, you get an email back saying, hey, these are these are the expectations, you know, you can. I'm not going to respond to your email right away. I'm I'm not going to respond to your phone call right away. You are going to, this is how we're going to interact. And I really, really love that. Um, I was wondering what other types of tools do you use for, for self care and mental health that you can share with others? Yeah, I think that, you know, I had to, I had to come into that because sales brain is hard to grow out of. Mm -hmm. So for me is when I was a sales rep, you were always told 24 hour, turnaround for acknowledgement at the longest mm-hmm. and so the faster you could you could answer um a text or, or a call the better and so of course you know i'm not a rep and i'm replying to things like so fast right and i was just like why am i doing this <laughs> like i'm my own boss i don't have to re- like reply within 20 minutes Mm-hmm. And, and for people who know me, like my phone is permanently in my hand. Mm-hmm. But if you look over my shoulder and you look at what I'm doing, I'm playing video games. Bro, <laughs> I'm playing video games on my phone That's all awesome. day long. <laughs> and and I, I have a folder on my phone that says Brain Savers. And they're very specific games. Mm-hmm. And I will play them, like, you know, kind of in, in random order. But there's a group of them that I will just play through for, for hours. Okay. And, and it's so, it's so simple, but it's so lovely. That's awesome. Because my challenge is to get through to the next level. My challenge is not to like put this giant thing together for a client. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I know like so many people hate it, but I use Calendly um, for my links, like for my bookings. Yeah. Because I hate 18 emails back and forth to be like, so Mm -hmm. Thursday works for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, 1230 doesn't work for me. Does one work for you? Like, no, here, just. Send a link. link. You sign up. Yep. Yep. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I say to people, like, if you don't want to use Zoom, that's cool. Just like put in the comments that like, you'll send me a link, but like now you have the time booked. Isn't that great? Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) And and so, you know, recently I started using Google a little bit more for the calendar stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, If I am out of office, you can do an out of office setting on your calendar 
it will actually decline anything that comes through that day. Oh, that's so really you nice. don't even have to see it. Actually, yeah, it'll automatically decline it. What? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I need to look into that. And we all look into that right now. Right? Like, and so, so it's, for, it's for anything that's new coming through. So if, if there's a meeting already set and you right. set it as an out of office, it'll just stay. But yeah. to be able to have like things like that, you, you know, creates an extra boundary. Um, you know, like you were saying, the, my bounce back that goes, um, I started using it a lot more. So my, my goal for 2024 is to actually take vacation when my, when my wife takes it. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. even if we don't, Essential. even if we don't do something together, right. Well, but I'll take the same time as her cause she's like astronomical amounts of vacation time. So I'm like, I will follow your lead. Mm-hmm. And so my bounce back basically is like, you know, if I'm super busy or I'm, I'm away, it's like, Hey, I'm away. I'm busy, whatever. And then it breaks down. What does this mean to you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, do you, the person sending me the thing? And it's like, it means delays. And so it's, you know, depending on how busy I am, it can be like, you'll expect, um, acknowledgement of your email within 48 to 72 hours. That does not mean that you will get the answer you're looking for. It means that I will acknowledge that I've received your email. Yeah. And, you know, and then kind of a like, if it's a rush, then you can either, you know, recall your email and send it to me with like rush in your subject line. Mm-hmm. Don't call me. I don't use my, I don't use my phone for phone calls. Mm-hmm. My number of minutes used for phone calls every month is so small, uh, wow. you know, but it's like, but text me, right? So text me because yes. then, then I'll check it and I'll talk yeah. to you. But I, so I give people the thing that they need yeah. and it has been so great. Because people are like, oh, well, you've given me enough options. Did you, did you find so, that it was more challenging to establish those boundaries once you became like a consultant? Like kind of like your time freed up, you weren't in a set locked position. Was that more challenging to set those boundaries? Or did you find that actually make it a little easier to set set boundaries? It, it got easier during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first the first couple of years of work, I was like, what's a boundary? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think you know, like, I don't know what that is. But I think that you know the work I do is becoming even more involved, and obviously, like lines get blurred because you know life is a black woman. I can't just be like, "Hey, day's done, cool." Um, <laughs> so I think that that in the I, I probably started doing those specific emails at the beginning of the year, like the bounce backs mm-hmm. and being really specific in my wording. Mm-hmm. And honestly, people have been amazing about it. That's awesome. I love it. Um, I love, I love knowing yeah. the expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if, if you read all the way through, like there is a line that says, don't call me. I don't use my phone for that. And I always get a laugh back from people being like, oh, my God, it's so true. I love (laughs) it. I love that. You know, and I also I also changed my voicemail to say, don't leave me a voicemail. Text me. That's amazing. Um, Because I don't want to check my voicemail. Like, I'm probably going to go in really fast and, like, fast forward to the end of your message and delete it. So the little like voicemail notification goes away off my phone. <laughs> like, you know, I don't like, so it just, I think that, you know, again, setting expectations with, I don't like talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, texts are great because they're faster. And also it's just like having, having a word trail. Like if, if you need something really big from me and you're telling me and I get distracted and then I don't do it properly, then we're like wasting each other's time. Yeah. So it's like, I get it. Yeah, I mean, so you hate texting. You have Google. You have Siri. Like, get it to do it for you. So it, <laughs> no and, and like, no one, no one has come back, right? Like, no one's come back and said this was terrible. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know that kind of thing, and then just occasionally like trying to take some breaks, mm. which for me is hard because I've always, I've always worked. Like, I've been working since I was sixteen, um, mm-hmm. which. Wow. which you know, it's a hell of a long time. So it's really hard for me to be like, I will take a break. Yeah. But 
it's I will take a break because I understand that if I don't take a break, it's not going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a huge thing too, to get to a place where you can like take a break and not feel guilty about taking yes. a break too. when you're working so much, like when it's hard, when you actually do get yeah. those moments to stop to act like, like what you said with the out of office and stuff to actually just stop and not get those it emails and not put you right back in those places. Cause yeah. when you do work kind of from your phone and all that, it's so easy. To be like, oh, I'll just do this real quick and go back. But then it's taking you away from that and like that mental space and you're, you're like kind of away and then you have to go back and kind of get back there. So it is kind of like a, a really yeah. great thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you found? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not perfect at it. <laughs> <laughs> Just listen, I'm, you know, I'm doing my best. Definitely <laughs> need some work. Um, this is a question, actually, everybody on this uh, call. Like, have you found that you feel any internalized pressure mm-hmm. to kind of do above and beyond as? women in a male-dominated industry, mm. as women of color, as a queer woman of color, um, have you ever found your you driving yourself maybe even a little too hard due to some internalized oh, for sure. yeah. stuff? You yeah. know, a hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we all we all know that there is that that innate piece where you're like, I need to work harder, mm-hmm. I need to prove that I'm good. Mm. and to be able to do it like you know i hate the term hustle culture because i'm like every every bipoc person mm-hmm. lives hustle culture mm-hmm. not because we want to but because exactly. we have to exactly mm-hmm. and, so- and, and i think that you know you like i have i have certificates for for beer wine and spirits i didn't want them i did them because people didn't trust me Oof. because yep. people yeah thought that you know oh you don't you don't drink alcohol like what are you talking about and i was like what what are you doesn't talking every about? human <laughs> yeah like what that, that's a real weird thing to like, ask about like i'm i'm sorry i'm a black woman in north america of course i drink right. uh, <laughs> you know, girl how and, are we supposed to get through this <laughs> yeah and so i i think that that there is definitely this like you know, and and I don't I don't want it to come off that like the relaxing thing and the unplugging is easy for me. Like it's incredibly hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just kind of realizing at this point, like I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. So the the relaxing is out of necessity. It's not out of um, kind of a just to be able to take a break. It's like my body is just like, dude, we're done. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and so I, I think that yeah, there is this this internal piece that I'm finally starting to like, it hasn't gone away, but it's a little quieter mm-hmm. oh, nice. where it's just like, we don't, we don't need to work 20 hours today. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we don't, mm-hmm. we don't even need to work eight. Like what are you <laughs> what? doing? Yeah. So, <laughs> good old internalized like, capitalism. Love, love that. Yeah. Right. It was mm-hmm. capitalism all along. Mm-hmm. So I think they're like, <laughs> <laughs> this is where we break into song. So I want to uh, actually capitalism the musical. Uh, capitalism the musical. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, I would want to see it, but then would cry. I feel like the whole time. Um, yeah. So actually, earlier I would I you know was reading your kind of like bio, and you know we we use the term "ren the exhausted," right? So for you, uh-huh. like, what are your thoughts of like who you know who else is out there doing what you're doing, like providing similar services? Um, you know, that can kind of share this load um, or fulfill, you know, the the very present need across the industry. Um, or like, how can we, if, you know, there isn't enough out there, which I feel like is probably the case, um, you know, how can we create a sustainable shared workload, um, you know, of these efforts and, and get us all um, kind of on the same page moving forward? Yeah, I think that like, there aren't there aren't a lot of people doing this mm-hmm. in this same way. Not enough. So yeah. it's it's really like you know the people I think of who were doing it have left the industry um, because of burnout, because of you know effects upon their mental health. And so it's just like the number of folks that I think of is like getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, there's you know obviously in the states there's a bunch of folks doing it. Um, they all got again, fired. Like Dr. J. They all got fired. You know, <laughs> ahead of it. 
I think I think well they they have a they have a fire, but they've also like the American DEI work has been longer than the Canadian DEI work when it comes to to beer and and to the alcohol sphere. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know like it's you know like NGBA talking about like the National Black Brewers Association mm-hmm. and like MB two A big like, fans over here. <laughs> Yeah, like we don't we don't have that in Canada because we have such a tiny percentage of mm. black owned breweries that it'd be like four people in a room. But we so, we didn't have it like, in the U.S. until you know yeah. until mm-hmm. May. We have like twelve. So yeah, like it's a I whole mean, we, new we thing. We can't do it yeah. here. Yeah, we can't do it at all. So it's like you know I think that there's the Changes Brewing Collective, which is in Nova Scotia. Um, mm-hmm. They're doing a bunch of work to to kind of. What they're doing is laying the groundwork for BIPOC kids to understand fermentation. Oh, sweet. Because oh. we didn't we didn't get that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Like fermentation for, for my knowledge as a kid was like a scientific reaction right. that mm-hmm. got you like sauerkraut. Right. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't yeah. get you beer. Like maybe it got you cider. And so <laughs> so they're doing a lot of that work to to help kids understand like, you know, they're they're making their own kombucha. They're understanding how like tea can ferment. Mm-hmm. And if they're older, then they're understanding like the science behind beer That's and awesome. yeast and these pieces. So, so they're doing a lot of education, but they're they're a nonprofit group um, who are are completely in Nova Scotia. They're not they're not across Canada. Okay. So I think that like you know what I would love to see is people who think that they you know I'm just one person and I can't help. Uh, you can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like. Follow follow folks on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Read some books. Put put things together. And if you're asking questions, it's because you've read a book and suddenly you've hit a gap. It's not because you're like, listen, I don't want to read the book, and I just want to ask you the questions so you can teach me. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people do that, right? Like, oh, yeah. just tell me. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, just you're like read my guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think that there's a lot of like moments where. Even if I'm not recommending companies, I'm recommending like go read a book, mm-hmm. go go ask questions. If something doesn't sit right with you, be like, hey, like I don't think that's cool. It's you know the the part of like part of the work I do is convincing these guys who go, well, I'm just like I'm just a straight old white guy. Like, what can I do? And it's like, oh my god, literally, you have the most power <laughs> out of literally. anyone in the room. <laughs> Like, if you the stood most. up at the front of the room and you were like, I don't know, I feel like we could just go riot. Everyone would be like, okay. <laughs> sure, it sounds great. I'm not doing anything right now. Yeah, yeah. I got time. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm free until Friday. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, so there's a lot of that, right? Like, just use your privilege to ask questions. Use Facts. your privilege to be like, yo, I don't think that's cool. Like, let's have a discussion about mm. it. Because people will listen to straight white guys. We'll pass you a note. We'll pass you notes. I will tell you, yeah. right? Girl, we'll yeah. write the whole speech for you. Just, <laughs> just be the mouthpiece. Oh, hell yeah. That's <laughs> what you can do. Like, just be the mouthpiece. Yeah. 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 Um, and so, Ren, can I ask, kind of going off of that, so if businesses are looking out to kind of talk to you or anything, um, what should uh, they expect to figure out for themselves before they call you? Like, free resources, templates, you know, anything can, that you can share on that? I think that, you know, if you're, if you're super lost, like just, just Google DEI, um, <laughs> in beer and like, <laughs> you know, she just did a stunt on it. She's like, you saying Google, look up things. <laughs> People I don't think that, know. I think that, I Lovely that I think the, the internet exists in our pockets, you know, <laughs> the whole yeah. world oh, wide so web. Weird. It's so weird. <laughs> well, I, I think that like the frustrating thing is that people will do homework on like grain bills and malt and mm. hops mm-hmm. and like all of these things. But when it comes to this stuff, people are like, I don't know. Mm. And I'm like, but you do, you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, and and I think it's it's really it's okay to show up and be like, listen, I got so overwhelmed, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, be honest mm-hmm. about it and just say, like, I I froze. Yeah. And I got really scared, and that's why I'm just coming to you. Like, be honest about why you didn't do your homework. <laughs> right. Um, right. Well, I would argue, like, it would probably be great if somebody showed up with notes. Like, hey, I, I have I, this information, but I don't know what to do with said mm-hmm. information. Yeah. Rather than just yeah, like, or, I don't you know. know. I, 
Yeah, or I read this book and it actually confused me because I think it was like mm-hmm. a little too advanced for what I was hoping. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fine. And you don't, like, there's no, there's no, like, oh my God, I didn't understand it. Obviously, I'm stupid. And it's like, no, you're not. You know, if you're coming to this, this sphere for the first time, like, it's going to be intimidating. It's a lot. It's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to unlearn. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have all the answers, which means that we're actually going to learn together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, understand that I'm not, like, some great old being who's like, oh, the answer is always 42. Like, 42. it's, it's going to be like, yo, yeah, right? Like, but I'm going to be like, I don't know. Let's figure it out together. Like, yeah. Love that. <laughs> I know. I you know? That. And, and so, yeah, I think I think that there's there's a lot to just kind of be open to these things. Understand that, like, it's not... It's, it's not a thing that you should wake up and the next day be like, I understand all of it <laughs> because no one ever will. Like right. how much has language changed in the last mm. 15 years, yeah. 10 years, five years, mm-hmm. right? There's an adaptation that we need to be able to make and, and take with these things. So like for, you know, for, I have friends who are like, yeah, I get it. And I'm like, how do you get it? Like I'm buying books every other day mm-hmm. to like try and figure stuff and have, you know, have these moments where I'm kind of on top of stuff. So, yeah, I think that um, don't freak out about not having all the answers when you when you come <laughs> nice. to this. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. I love hearing that as a perfectionist. That's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're all like, yep. <laughs> well, Ren, we want to be respectful of your time, but I do have one more burning question for you. And, uh, you know, for sure. and I'm wearing I'm wearing the shirt <laughs> and it says, fuck you. Pay me. Yes. So <laughs> fuck you, pay me, right? Fuck like, can, can we yes. hear a little? We love also to say fuck on the show. So, yeah. we just, Amazing. We just as human <laughs> beings in general, you know, we just really love that word. <laughs> so, can you elaborate? Yeah, okay. before we wrap it up, can you just give us a, a little quick story behind that? Yeah. Um, so, every uh, Black History Month, I get real, real cranky. Uh, people are like hi you're black can you you're black black and i'm like no because i'm black 11 like 12 months of the year not just this one short ass month and um i just really got tired of people asking me for free shit because a lot of people are like can i just pick your brain real quick oh my god and i think i mean like you know and and (laughs) yeah no whatever i love you i love you folks it's fine um But I think that, you know, I was, I was trying to be really respectful with, with like Instagram stories and be like, Hey, like if you're going to ask, you know, BIPOC folks, especially black folks to like Mm -hmm. do free work for you, like maybe don't, maybe like think of a budget and then offer Mm -hmm. to pay them money because whatever we respond to you, like you can monetize. And I think that, you know, it was was Dr. J years ago who was like, if you have a million dollar idea and you give it away for free. Like you just gave someone three million dollars. Like, yeah. what did you get out of it? Where does that like, leave you? Yeah, don't pay. They don't pay the bills, right? No. So, um, I I was joking around with some folks, and that that drawing that made it onto the T-shirt um, is actually done by this incredibly talented woman who lives in Ontario. Her name is Robin Fisher, and we. I guess you know. I was. I was doing a guest talk in, in one of her classes and I just kind of was like, man, don't forget to, to get paid for your shit. Like yes. whatever is in your brain, make sure yeah. you get paid. And like, I was joking about the, like, you know, just at the end of the day, be like, fuck you, pay me. Nice. And, and so she, she really wanted to work with me in some way and was like, listen, I drew some pictures. I hope you really like them. And one of the pictures is the picture that has been used for the t-shirts. It's amazing. Excellent. And I just was like, oh my God, this is unbelievable mm-hmm. and tells everyone what you always wanted to say in mixed company, but could never say. But could never say, yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right? And and so so I said to, to Robin, this is like a gorgeous photo or a gorgeous drawing. Can I use it for t-shirts? And she was like, yeah, you can have it. And I was like, I'm sorry. It's, it's, no, no, that's antithesis to the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I have to pay you for that's this. Or I have to. So I bought the image. I bought the image that's off amazing. of Robin and said, this is what I'm planning to use it for. Um, and, and said, you know, I'm going to do it with t-shirts. And then part of the, the proceeds are going to go to, to charity. My favorite charity is EGAL, which helps, um, the LGBTQ plus 
community from like all ages across Canada. And right now Canada is a hot mess when it comes to, to gay rights. So, um, so it's kind of this double whammy, but yeah, I think that like the shirt was just this, this full on reminder that we ask a lot of people and we ask people, especially BIPOC folks to do things for free. And the things we ask them to do for free are emotional heavy lifting pieces. Yes. Right. So, you know, so it's like during, during murders, you know, how many people are sending you like articles being like, how do you feel about this? And it's like, what do you mean? Like are, are people, are people are being slaughtered and now you want me to write a press release for you for you to tell yeah. people how you feel about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, 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 that line is like emotional heavy lifting also comes at a price. Yes. And if it's not money, it's, the physicality of it it's the mental weight of it mm-hmm. and so understanding that just a quick question still has <laughs> have you ever a had a quick question that was actually a quick has a quick answer <laughs> have you ever had a quick question oh, no. that has a quick fucking answer never, <laughs> never. No. no it might be a quick question but it's, the, it's a long answer my guy so pay me it's okay. a long ass answer i feel like it's the same as like when someone's like i'm not micromanaging like <laughs> but, yeah, where you gotta get but, like updates on and like so yeah, so I think that like you know it's it's a fun image and it's kind of this like tongue in cheek, but it's very much of like pay me my worth mm-hmm. and and pay you know pay folks in general for what they're helping you with mm-hmm. because it's it's so important to get done. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and if you don't have a lot of money, figure out your budget. Right. <laughs> Right, like there's nothing more infuriating where someone shows up and says, "We don't really have the money for it." Cool, then I don't have the answer for it. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, Ren, it's been absolutely fabulous having you on our podcast today. I, we, we could talk for hours. I'm sure we could. Preferably, you know, having a beer at the bar somewhere. Yes. Um, yes. But thank you so much for joining us. I hope that uh, we'll have a follow-up session with you sometime in the future. And, um, I would love it. Excellent. Yeah, and I just want to let our listeners know that we want to share your stories and hear the voice of the people to drive change in the industry. Your stories and truths happening in the craft beer industry need to be heard. Reach out and let us know if you've got something to share. To learn more about the CEC and who's involved, visit us on Instagram at craftequity.co and our website www.craftequitycollective.com. This podcast was brought to you by We Are Sacramento. Thank you. Amazing.